This is Affliction Fiction, a podcast regarding writers and artists who quite literally make their characters sick. I'm Jennifer Horlick. And I'm James Ewer. On this show, we analyze illnesses that exist in fictional works, such as TV, books, and film, and how they relate to the real world. And this week, we'll be looking at Hawaiian Cat Flu from Jim Davis's long-running beloved comic strip, Garfield. Before going on to spawn several TV shows, movies, and video games, Garfield originated as a comic strip that was first published in 1978. It largely centers around the relationship between Garfield the cat and his owner, John Arbuckle. In the series of comics that ran from March 18th to March 23rd, 1985, Garfield develops a case of Hawaiian cat flu. If you'd like, you can look up these comics yourself, but... In what I'm sure will be a great treat for everyone listening, Jennifer and I are going to perform a read-aloud of these comics. I will be portraying the role of John, while Jennifer will be reading for the role of Garfield. It's going to be great. My high school theater self is coming back to life. Strip 1, March 18th. Surf's up, surf's up, Garfield the Surfer King hangs three. You're acting strange lately, Garfield. You live in your world, I'll live in mine. Strip 2, March 19th. Why do I low-key sound like Donald Trump when I said that? (laughs) Garfield, the vet says you're going to have to stay inside. There's a rare strain of Hawaiian cat flu going around. And then Garfield walks in wearing a Hawaiian shirt and John says, Too late, Doc. Strip 3, March 20th. Garfield, the vet says that the Hawaiian cat flu will give you a voracious appetite and make you listless and cranky. I guess we'll never know if you're sick or not. I saw that one coming. Strip 4, March 21st. Garfield, you have the Hawaiian cat flu. You're going to have to lie around all week. Oh, darn. And you must stay inside. What? For the first time in my life, I gotta get out! Strip 5, March 22nd. Garfield, I know you are suffering from the Hawaiian cat flu, but you look ridiculous doing that hula dance. Watch my hands carefully, John. Then Garfield smacks John in the head. Every movement has a meaning. (laughs) Ow! Strip 6, March 23rd. You look much better this morning. You must be over the Hawaiian cat flu. I doubt that I ever had it. What would you like for breakfast? Just some juice and a Danish, and a roast pig, and six pineapples, and a pound of macadamia nuts. What a time. How excellent. So the most logical disease to discuss first would be cat flu, if that exists. And a simple Google search of cat flu shows that it does indeed exist. According to the Blue Cross, which is like the Red Cross but for pets, cat flu is similar to a human cold in that its symptoms are runny nose and eyes and a sore throat. Its other symptoms include aches and pains in the muscles and joints, mouth ulcers, dribbling, sneezing, and loss of voice and fever. Two types of virus, called a Khaleesi virus and a feline herpes virus, cause cat flu. It's a highly infectious disease between cats because when infected, cats shed the virus particles in nasal and eye discharges and in saliva, so ill cats are the biggest source of infection. Additionally, some healthy cats can be carriers of the cat flu viruses, and they also shed virus particles and infect other cats. Just like human flu, once the cat flu virus has damaged the linings of the nose and airways, bacterial infections can enter and cause worse illnesses, like pneumonia. So, cat people, if your cat starts showing cold-like symptoms and you don't want it to get sick, then it's a good idea to take them to the vet as soon as possible to get some antibiotics for them. 
Just like the human flu virus, influenza, the cat flu virus, Khaleesi virus, exists in many forms or strains. Therefore, vaccinating cats against Khaleesi virus is difficult because one vaccination cannot cover all of the different kinds of strains. Vaccination against the feline herpes virus is easier because it only has one strain. The two cat flu viruses actually cause different symptoms in infected cats. Khaleesi virus causes mild symptoms and is characterized by causing mouth ulcers and lameness in young kittens. On the other hand, feline herpes virus causes more severe symptoms and produces eye ulcers rather than mouth ulcers. Additionally, cats who contract the flu by the herpes virus become carriers for the virus after their infection, but they produce the virus in tears, saliva, and nasal secretions only sporadically. However, cats who were infected with the Khaleesi virus shed the virus particles continuously for one or two years after having cat flu. Although cat flu is a real disease that exists, it doesn't exactly relate to the Hawaiian cat flu that Garfield catches. The symptoms, which are listed as voracious appetite, listlessness, and crankiness, could possibly be linked to cat flu because ill cats would probably act listless and cranky simply because they don't feel well and have aches and pains. Or simply because they're cats. However, I highly doubt that a cat with cat flu would suddenly start wearing Hawaiian shirts and acting stereotypically Hawaiian. I mean, unless there actually is a rare strain of the Khaleesi virus that causes cats to hula dance and crave pineapples. Maybe. Since Hawaiian cat flu as a whole doesn't exactly align with real-life cat flu, we can examine its symptoms individually, the first of which is a voracious appetite. Merriam-Webster defines the word voracious as having a huge appetite, ravenous, or excessively eager, insatiable. There's actually a medical term for excessive or extreme hunger, which is polyphagia. According to Healthline, polyphagia doesn't go away after eating more food, so it's not the same thing as having an increased appetite after a workout or physical activity, or just, you know, being yourself. Several underlying conditions cause polyphagia, including hypoglycemia, hyperthyroidism, premenstrual syndrome, lack of sleep, stress, your diet, and diabetes. Similarly, the symptom of crankiness is due to other underlying conditions or factors. Healthline has an article entitled Five Scientific Reasons and Solutions for Your Crankiness, in which lack of sleep, hunger, caffeine, symptoms of the menstrual cycle, and mood disorders are all attributed to crankiness. The Dr. Oz Show has a similar article reporting the six surprising reasons you're cranky. I'm cranky because you just cited the Dr. Oz Show. Listen, I'm just showing that a lot of sources have <laughs> articles about reasons you're cranky. Such as what? Well, the Dr. Oz Show lists hormones, caffeine, not eating enough, your bedroom environment affecting your sleep, diet, and the thyroid is contributing to crankiness. These articles have a common theme. You're either cranky because of bodily functions you can't control, such as hormones, or because you're not taking care of yourself through diet, sleep, and drinking too much caffeine. Now we're talking about cat flu here, so it's probably more appropriate to talk about crankiness in cats, which is perpetual, but Chewy, a pet food brand, also has an article similar to Dr. Oz and Healthline that lists six reasons why your cat might be cranky. These reasons are pain or medical issues, boredom or neglect, addition of a new pet, an unfamiliar visitor, moving, or a change in the schedule. So basically what I'm hearing is that I'm a cat. You know, I think that article might have been the inspiration for The Secret Life of Pets by Illumination Pictures. In Garfield's case, he's probably cranky because he has an illness causing aches and pains. Or maybe just because he's Garfield. 
We also see that the initial symptom of Hawaiian cat flu displayed by Garfield is him pretending to be a surfer. And although there aren't any medical conditions that increase a person's desire to surf, there are conditions that are known to affect people who surf more commonly than people who don't. One of these is called surfer's ear. According to the Palo Alto Medical Foundation, surfer's ear is more precisely known as exostosis of the external auditory canal, and it affects surfers in particular due to their recurrent exposure to strong winds and cold water. Repeated cooling of the ear canal causes increased bone growth, which causes constriction and obstructs the eardrum. Then, because the canal is so narrow, water and earwax get trapped inside, which causes ear infections and eventual hearing loss. Treatment for surfer's ear involves surgery in order to reduce the excess bone growth and widen the opening of the ear canal. It's a condition that's acquired over time, usually after many years of repeated exposure to cold water. Dr. Douglas Hetzler of the Palo Alto Medical Foundation advises that if you want to prevent surfer's ear, it's a good idea to wear earplugs or a neoprene hood whenever you surf or swim. There's another physical condition that can affect surfers, in particular people who are surfing for the first time. It's called surfer's myelopathy. This condition is a spinal cord injury characterized by massive lower back pain and difficulty moving the lower body. Even among surfers, there haven't been many cases. By 2014, there were only about 50 documented incidents of surfer's myelopathy, so it still isn't very well studied or understood. However, neurologist James Pierce of the Straub Medical Center suggests that it's caused by repeated hyperextension of the back, like when a surfer arches their back while standing on their surfboard. Bending this way can cause a kink in an artery, which prevents blood flow to the spine. The theory is that since the spinal cord is being deprived of oxygen, it causes what is essentially the spinal equivalent of a stroke. Another symptom of Hawaiian cat flu is an apparent compulsion to perform a hula dance. But thankfully in real life, there has never been any reported case of some medical condition causing someone to dance against their will. Right, Jennifer? Jennifer? Jennifer, we've done this too many times. Do you mean to tell me that there is a disease that makes people dance? Maybe. <laughs> this isn't a condition that still affects people today, and it hasn't happened for quite some time. But on more than one occasion in Europe between the 1300s and the 1600s, people involuntarily succumbed to a phenomenon now known as dancing mania. According to Marissa Fezenden, writing for the Smithsonian Magazine, the first major outbreak of dancing mania occurred in 1374 in Aachen, Germany. Large groups of people danced uncontrollably for hours on end until collapsing from exhaustion. It's difficult to figure out why people in 14th century Europe were dancing so hard, especially considering the members of Migos hadn't been born yet. <laughs> <laughs> Given that this was an intensely religious time in Europe, many people believed that the phenomenon was the work of the devil. In Italy, the leading theory at the time was that it was brought on by a toxic spider bite. Contemporary theories are a bit different. Some people believe that the dancing was caused by a toxic fungus that grew on rye. Others regard it as a sort of mass hysteria, in which the dancing served to reduce stress and distract people from their own poverty and poor living conditions. Dancing mania has therefore come to be known as a mass psychogenic illness, meaning that although there are physical symptoms without a visible physical cause, they inexplicably affect a wide range of people in the same way. Although there's no clear consensus on the cause of dancing mania, one thing is for certain. This is an actual thing that happened. Like, more than once. 
and the fact that I never learned about it in school is shameful. That's all we have to say for now, but what do you think? Do you have a question or contribution to today's discussion? Do you know of a fictional illness that you'd like us to talk about? Do you have personal experience with a condition similar to a fictional one which you'd like to discuss? If so, you can send us an email at afflictionfiction at wnyu.org. For now, I'm Jennifer Horlick. And I'm James Ewer. Thanks for listening. And get well soon. Garfield is written by Jim Davis and is property of Paws, Inc. Lover's Carvings by Bibio was written by Stephen Wilkinson and is property of Warp Records. 